everyone, welcome to the Beyond the Dance Floor podcast where we look at everything outside of the moves and the competitions and try to dive a little bit deeper. It's about history, mentality and connecting the dots between the dance and the other aspects of our lives. Today we talk with Jeff Reyes, who some of you might not know, but he's a very important person in the Canadian breaking scene. He's one of the main people behind Breaking Canada, which deals with Canada's breaking in the Olympics, and You Be Ill, which is his unique event series. Jeff is, in my opinion, one of the people in Canada responsible for really elevating the scene, as well as building necessary bridges for the future of breaking in Canada. In this episode, we talk about how UBL started out, Canada's breaking program and connecting it with the larger Olympic body of Canada dance sport, wanting to create superstars in breaking, the untapped potential that dance has, his inside-out mentality of building your skills in other domains through breaking, and more. A really great talk with Jeff about his vision and what he sees for the future of breaking in Canada. Respect to him and all that he does in the scene, and I hope you enjoy the talk. Peace. Okay, hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. We are here with Jeff Reyes. Is that, am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what's up, man? Yeah, what's going on? Mean Dean. <laughs> uh yeah so i'm really excited to have you on here uh for people for people who don't know jeff i i know you as the ubl guy and one of the people that's uh part of breaking canada it's really sort of pushing that forward so yeah really excited to have you here and uh just talk about that stuff and get a bit of your background too sure sure yeah yeah of course man like um yeah i'm happy to I, i like you i like your your podcast, man. Your stuff. <laughs> yeah, you push a lot of content, and like, um, yeah, you're doing a good job. I love it. It's it's great conversation. Of course, yeah. all my all my homies are on that. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, for anyone who doesn't know who you are, do you mind just giving a little background of who you are and maybe how you got into breaking or like the hip hop culture? Sure, sure, events, sure. Like that. Um, <clears throat> I'm Jeff Sir Blur, the Naked Knight. um um, from scarborough toronto um ontario um i started breaking in 94 or 95 i was 14 and um when i was 13 i saw bag of tricks on tv like many canadians you know and i was like oh i want to do that you know it was really cool um so i was grade eight at the time or grade seven at the time i don't remember mm-hmm. but um yeah our crew is uh unreal ethics out of scarborough um and um we also had a hip-hop crew fifth element mcs djs graffiti artists as well beatboxers um yeah heavily influenced um in the mid 90s to late 90s um by the toronto scene of course and whatever we could find on vhs um and uh yeah just grew up uh um really really looking up to like the bag of tricks guys flex and gizmo and um and glizzy 
and all those guys. Um, uh, did a couple battles when we were like really young, um, and then kind of moved to like like when when I was like late high school. I was like, how can I make money on this stuff? You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. I'm sure, a lot of people like, had that thought, <laughs> right? So yeah. it's like, uh, okay, just do shows, looking for shows to do gigs and like you know auditions and stuff, and just booking a whole bunch of stuff. So I, we kind of we kind of moved to like the performance route, mm-hmm. um, a lot of stage shows and um, stage productions and all that stuff, um, and then. Um, Kind of, I guess, late 2000s, like, um, I got married, um, and then had a, had a, had a daughter and then myself, myself and my brother, Glenn, we were like, we should do something. We have to do something like we're adults now, <laughs> you know, and like, what, what do we want to do? And then it, we sat in a coffee shop. It was me, Glenn, Flex, Glizzy ray from our crew we're like let's just create breaking a breaking league um call it something and have a champion because when we were kids like we wanted to be the champion and like we wanted to have a championship belt and like create like a promotion you know we wanted disney on ice for breaking we wanted wwf for wrestling for for breaking you know, we wanted main event breaking. Yeah. And um, at the time, it was like, how do we get the guys paid? You know, everything was crew battles, right? Mm-hmm. Big, large crew battles, battle of the year, like, you know, B-Boy unit, you know, all that stuff. Crew, a lot of crew-based battles. Um, but splitting prize money among 20 mem- 10 members, 20 members got nothing, so... We really focused on the one-on-one, hmm. solo, um, trying to create superstars, you know. Um, and that's where the UBL um, started, 2011 as a night, 2010, 2011 as an idea. And um, it's since it's since evolved to more community-based, community-based, event-based product. Um, we're now called UBL. Um, cause not necessarily more a, a breaking league, but more, uh, a mentality mm-hmm. of being your, your best self, you know, mm-hmm. being the illest ver- version of yourself. So, right. um, and that's kind of like the evolution of where I was and how I kind of came to be in terms of getting involved, making stuff happen, bringing people together in the Toronto scene and trying to create something that we never really had um as a kid right i would like scrounge through newspapers and you know whatever just to find gigs you know so um yeah that's that's kind of how it started you know yeah man that's uh that's a lot of a lot of things that you you went through (laughs) yeah no yeah i mean we've gone through a lot of stuff you know yeah um i I guess a good place to start is can you talk a little bit more about just like ubl and and uh yeah like how yeah just 
just speak about your experiences yeah. with that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was, it's it's as simple as um, saying, um, meeting up, talking about our dreams, like big, big goals, like big picture things, right? And um, sitting at a Timmy's, sit, having multiple meetings with just the fellas and just, you know, shooting the shit and just saying, how are we going to do this? Mm-hmm. Um so I think back in 2012, it it was very local, right? Um, tried tried to inf- interview uh, many of the guys that we wanted to highlight in main event breaking, mm-hmm. um, and see who would be down to do this. We um, we sat in a in a hotel room ten years ago um, this time. I, I guess yeah, around this month. Um, like okay, come to a meeting um we want to present an idea we're gonna have some food uh, some drinks and it was like a dozen of the guys in the toronto area and just presented the idea of main event breaking mm-hmm. and saying guys we want the money to go into your pockets and we want to create um the notion that there can be superstars like how i grew up having superstars you know right um and um and on many different facets right like there's like wrestling superstars there's like basketball superstars there's, and then to me there was breaking superstars mm-hmm. you know um so how could we create the next um few superstars in in canada because uh canada needed a boost we felt we, we felt right um and the uh, main event first main event was in 2013 we ha- and uh, the idea was not to have an open competition just ex- exhibition battles um and we started the main event one ubl main event one on a voting basis like post a photo of these guys whoever gets the most votes in the main is in the main event you know and like let's 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 formulate our card you know we had a card with noah versus burn we had um ills versus quantum and the main event was sticks versus Onten. Mm-hmm. and uh, we had a we also had an open tournament tournament at the same time but the, the the purpose of it was just to have like a party um and not necessarily um competent breaking competition but um party and four to five feature battles feature performances um yeah and we did that for for a couple years eventually got a belt made um and our and we crowned the first champion ills in 2014 at um manifesto and just kind of went from there on like an event-based wherever we could program events where we wherever we could afford to create programming and create events to highlight these individuals and um we're still trying to right it's we're still of course trying to create this promotion it's it's not it's not easy but we do it we do our best um to to put people in a main event headlighter role yeah um and we're going to keep going you know until until someone says stop you know so 
So are are the events still in that same style of like a party, kind of a party, and then some exhibition battles? Uh, so far, no. They've primarily been, you know, breaking program. Um, okay. uh, the Rock Harder series, um, the main the main event series, has been like a tournament based event where we have the two-on-two or the three-on-three where we always feature the one-on-one championship in a invitational format uh semi-final format where we do have a it works best where you have like a crew battle where we can have you know 30 to 40 crews competing but the actual main event is the one-on-one like the semi-final those guys the invitational the invitational right and In the, in the past few, we've had, you know, the one-on-one invitational. We, and then we added, um, past couple of years, we added um, uh, the invitational Bonnie and Clyde to get more uh, B-girls involved. Hmm. Right? So cool. we've always just wanted to have, like, a promotion, the one-on-one champion. And we were thinking at a time, like, do we just create a tag team championship? with sure. like, <laughs> with, like, And we were thinking, like, routines only. Like, only. <laughs> Like no commandos, nothing. Like not one after the other. Actually, like just routines, just you know, because it because chore- choreographed bad um, choreography and you know all that stuff was was um, getting huge, right? Right, right. Um, uh, studio dancing was huge, and and they're busy, and it's and it's busy, right? So like, but we we wanted to keep it with breaking and and in the Toronto scene and Canada, like. You know, routines is big, right? It's fun to have different routines, something where you have a partner and 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 come up with something um, dope together, right? And um, um, yeah, we never got to that level where we can have dedicated duos. Um, but yeah, it was always follow the path of whatever promotion, wrestling, wrestling, boxing, UFC promotion you can um, you can try to emulate in like breaking form yeah that that's that's the goal always hopefully we can we can get there but we're still we're still trying to get there yeah I, I, this kind of thing has like come up a lot i think there's so many like parallels between breaking and and like wrestling or boxing or or ufc like fighting and stuff like that that people can draw inspirations from and and a lot of people should like it's so it's really it's really cool to see you guys doing that like when i first heard about what you guys were doing with uh, ubl and yeah, i guess rock harder main event stuff like that i think i went to one when our crew came out to you went to the first rock harder right phil the first one the first one the, the reason why it's called rock harder because drops called it rock harder because we held it at the hard rock <laughs> right yeah yeah and we just and then uh it was the after party for Pan Am for Battle for the North at the time. Right. right. So that was the after party after a whole week of breaking with Pan, Pan American Games, uh, battle for the first Battle for the North. Um, myself, Drops, Benzo, we, we had all, coordinated all that. Yeah. Right. And um, and um, the after party was like, okay, we have a champion. Like, let's do a championship and Ills, Burn, Saya. Phil, you know, and then uh, at the time, Ills was the champ, and then yeah. Phil, Phil won it, and um, we've tried to continue that, you know, defending 
you know, reigning, defending kind of thing. I like that idea you know? too, because like thinking about you know the these major championships that they have, like you know, biggest one I guess, or the most well-known one is like Red Bull BC one, right? Or it's one of them, right? But that one, that's like whoever wins, they don't have to come back the next year and like defend the title, right? Yeah. So I think that that idea of someone wins the title and it's like it's not even like a yearly event it's like maybe you have a few events a year but they've got to defend it each time and it's like yeah it's just a cool idea yeah i've seen i've seen some things like that where it was like even they didn't have like a champion necessarily but it was like you would I think it was like you you win the battle and you get money, but then now you're like a you've got a target on your back and then people are coming after you and that kind of thing. Yeah. So it was like throughout the yeah. night. Those the kind of things are interesting. To me, the, yeah. yeah to me the belt signifies a lot, and it yeah. it's it might be a generational thing. It also might be a cultural thing based on how um, how how all of us kind of grew up with what a belt actually signifies. Uh, I'm thinking maybe like. The younger gen, like the millennial gen, don't recognize a belt as like, like that, that, that's crazy. Like it's like the best thing, and and it's actually really fun too because like a lot of the older guys that come to the jams and the events, they pick up the belt. They're like, oh, look at me, and then they do their, <laughs> they, they do all their imp- impersonations and you know Macho Man or whatever Ric Flair and yeah. stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, that that. Cause, and that's exactly it you know yeah, like we yeah, display yeah. it it's like look at that and everyone's like hey look at that that's so damn cool and i'm like yeah no right yeah but like the action but the talent right now it's like yeah i got a belt you know what i mean and it's like uh, you know and it's like oh gotta, like gotta, i wish yeah. it's hard to like it's hard to like put that on like a crazy on a high level now yeah um, because even in regular promotion, um, boxing, UFC, WWE, there's several belts, mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's several, and there's also several belts that nobody cares about. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, right? that's a problem. Like when right? you when you have too many, right? Yeah, yeah. So sure. uh, I'm not sure. There, 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 I'm not sure if many more have like continuous promotions um like red bull has a belt every year but that's a trophy to me to me to me a belt is a is a defending championship yeah um so we're really gonna try to encourage more communities to think about this idea like put this on like like try it why isn't this done in mexico in like high like (sighs) wrestling cities or countries japan and japan and mexico and in the states you know so um we actually we me and my buddy mark we were toying around with that idea too of like very similar thing i didn't know like the the details of how ubl was actually like structured completely but yeah it was like very similar ideas and similar thinking of of having that kind of thing of like a belt and and different divisions and things like that and uh and having it more just in a small invitational set up battles and more so a party vibe than like straight up competition and stuff. Yeah. I think it's a great format. And like, it totally reminds me of uh, maybe like the old days of wrestling when you had the territories and stuff, Mm -hmm. you could have people like traveling around and like, Oh, you have, this is the invited guest or something like that. And then 
whatever. It's very eighties. Yeah. It's a very, but now they're still they're still they're still very independent. So like I do draw inspiration from that that um, uh, I guess business model. It's hard. It's like I, I can't see how small towns can do these things. Like and it, yeah. it's just so like who funds this stuff, you know? And it's uh, it's yeah. like still looking, still looking to try to make it work and get someone to. Um, hold on uh, or get someone to like jump on like the support for this you know yeah. it's uh, it's hard it's hard i think that's a that's a really big issue with breaking specifically is like yeah how do you get people to want to invest their money in this either from like a i don't know an investor perspective or just people in general like the general audience of wanting to go and spend their money on this event or spend their money on the merch that you have or whatever. I'll tell you this much, like anybody that goes to an event, they love it, you know, yeah. like, yeah. you know, and you just have to get them there. Yeah. And it, and it just takes like, if you think about it, if there's a hundred competitors, it takes one friend, one different friend <laughs> each mm -hmm. to, to make it pretty good, pretty sustainable, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and and if you can get over like if you can get at least 50 50 composition of audience then you're you're basically paying for yourself like mm -hmm. you know how many how many competitors in an open format have people that want to support them you know and it doesn't it's they don't feel like they want to like invite people to come watch them do prelims and maybe top 16 or whatever yeah yeah um but they should, you know, it's their performance. Like everyone's a performer, you know, like they should, yeah. like, um, yeah. it's, it's hard. It's a different mentality. Now I know that when I was any, any time that I perform or whatever, I was, I was spamming people all the time, you know, like, mm -hmm. Hey, Hey, come to the show. Like, you know, yeah, come watch me dance, you know, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, uh, it's hard. It's not, it's not easy. Yeah. I think too uh like i've just been studying a lot more recently about like user experience stuff and like ux kind of things and it got me thinking a lot about just what is the user experience of like an average person coming to a breaking a typical breaking event because like you know i've been to some some of them have been amazing and they're like anyone can enjoy them right you could bring your family to them and they're they're great even if they're like a 12 hour kind of thing, mm -hmm. it's something that anyone can enjoy and they don't have to stick around and, and watch this all day. And there's other things to do. There's lots of things to do. There's food and all whatever. Right. But some, of some of them, like I would say the average, average breaking event is very like dancer oriented, dancer focused. And it doesn't really satisfy like the needs of like a general public that kind of thing and i think that's just stuff that like people need to start thinking about more and more and more it just costs lots of money to do it right like yeah. um i feel that whenever we throw events we mm. we want to make sure that um our checklist is a is there um a good general viewership like does the general audience have a good view right. of what you're actually doing yeah. um and if it's just like a regular just an open space with which with, with a circle mm -hmm. 
then it's hard because it's like what what is my mom doing here like she's walking around yeah what is she watching right like you know you can't even get in you know like so um balcony is for us the great hall we always use the great hall or or balcony is like not even a bonus but it's really essential for like the regular viewership yeah and then and then there's uh then there's the next level of, of like okay you could actually get down into the into the onto the ground into the circle so like those that are on the balcony are like oh that looks so cool okay i want to get in there yeah oh like so that's then there's that movement in terms of like how you try to encourage people to come to the circle and watch Mm -hmm. uh there's also the in-screen um in-screen experience where you know if there is a crowd there should be a screen Uh, you know you know there should be a screen for those that can't see yeah um uh so like the the way that we've always tried to like run events is like you have if you ha- you if you do have you do have the the competition the prelims and all that stuff mm-hmm. that is completely secondary to what the main event would be which we what we consider would be at least the top 16 top 8 and the feature battles right, right. so yeah. on all of our promotion it's like okay the doors open at 2 but like if you're not breaking come at six right right yeah. main events at six yeah you know yeah. the live stream is at six 7 p.m you know that's when like that's actually the highest amount of people because like everyone's still there everyone's still waiting to see if they made top 16 right. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right yeah. because after that they don't make the screen bounce right mm. and that's a that's a that's another thing about events it's like mm-hmm. like you never make top 16 but you still don't also stay around to watch who made it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, just enjoy your peers. You know, like it's uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of frustrating. But at the same time, it's just the culture of what it is. It's like events to the actual talent and the artists are their opportunity to dance, and when their opportunity to dance is gone they wouldn't rat they wouldn't want to watch any as much right and then that's kind of sad because it's like yeah like well i it's sad to not watch it's sad to like have people not watch you know what I mean? like, yeah yeah but i i can understand like both sides as well but one thing that was really interesting there's like a really good video on uh on just like community building yeah. community and it, it's from the perspective of like fighting game tournaments and the fighting mm-hmm. community and uh one of the things that they brought up was like yeah you have the, the main competition but a big part of what makes those events so much fun is like what do you call them casuals where there's they have like a bunch of different setups and you so let's mm-hmm. say you lose in the tournament but you can still go and like friendlies yeah yeah right or yeah smash community that's friendlies right yeah and uh but like in the context of say like a breaking event and i noticed this a lot in in events in japan either because of the 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 mentality here or the culture but also just sometimes like the events just can't accommodate anything other than the main circle but the events that have had that I've been to that have been really enjoyable, even though we never made it past prelims, 
were ones that allowed for people to to just continue to dance mm -hmm. even if even if like you're not so interested you just continue to dance and like you're at least in the venue you're staying in the venue and like you know but I, I, again it is it is a mentality issue uh uh individual issue i think yeah or like or a cultural issue i guess is what you would call it yeah, yeah. it's a uh... It's um, it's still a, it's still a, a puzzle to try to solve in yeah, terms of yeah, yeah. trying to keep people, um, the the way that we, the way that I personally try to like, program it is like, if someone were to show up for two to three hours, then, they should be they should enjoy themselves for at least two to three hours, mm -hmm. you know. So yeah. so for every block of time in the schedule, there's something that they can do. Or watch or at least um be a part of um even during that whole prelim time you know like yeah um or or especially and especially during the tournament time right so mm -hmm. um that two to three hours is key it's like can someone spend two to three hours you know at, at, at an event and if yeah. they can i want to make sure that you know they at least enjoy themselves and then they bring people after the next time you know because they went they got there it's just the hard part is getting them there yeah 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 it's uh it's all uh there's lots of different puzzles to solve but it's kind of fun right yeah it's that's why we, that's why i'll never i'll never be really satisfied until like we fill up like stadium you know what i mean so it's like yeah. that's just um that's just the way that i that i think and i think it, there's a lot of a lot of untapped potential Mm -hmm. so what, um, what are what are some of the things that you that you think yeah what are some of the untapped potentials that you kind of exactly that like the the untapped potential is exactly the user experience is right. is is 80 to 90 percent extremely positive for someone that shows up for the very first time mm -hmm. you know this is so damn cool like oh my god i wish i knew about that you know what i mean like for a first time like viewer it's like okay yeah if if you're telling me the truth right because i'm <laughs> yeah. I, if you're if you're honest you're actually telling me that it's really cool or you're just um, unless you're lying to me because i'm the organizer and like you know what i mean but like but like if 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 you're telling me the truth then and if that's normally like the response that we get then i'm pretty sure it'll be successful if three of your friends came mm -hmm. you know what i mean um and then it just has to keep growing mm -hmm. because the self-funded cycle of breaking is so so difficult and not yeah. and and just like we there isn't even enough cash in the pool itself yeah. to have it self-fund itself yeah um and it's just not and, and and for something that's going to the olympics like oh it's the, all the different sports that i've seen in the past like you know month or so with the world games happening and like um all those different weird sports that i've seen that get like sponsorship and branding and support mm -hmm. it's like breaking can get that and we're actually at the next level already so it's like let's go you know yeah 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 that that next level the future of breaking but it's it's something like uh some of the people that we've 
I've talked to on this thing, it, it comes up a lot of like, you know, where's, what's the direction of breaking is a common discussion. But uh, I think sometimes it's good to just realize like how far we've actually come and how things used to be when, or, you know, most of us weren't around when it started out, but yeah. to see what it was like and even what it was like, say in the nineties, and like a lot of people look back at the 90s as like, oh, that was a great a golden era or something like that. But, you know, there's a lot of great things that that have happened since then. And, you know, there's literally sponsored sponsored dancers now. Mm -hmm. And that's a cool thing. It's not everybody. And it's it's maybe they they don't make as much as like a basketball player or whatever, something like that. But that's a, still a, a step forward, right? And I always see these things as step for, steps forward. Yeah. So it's cool. Yeah. It's, um, um, yeah. it's well, that in itself is, is where the potential is too. That mm -hmm. There's so many different branches of where the potential is because it's like, hey, if this organization, company can believe in this individual, X amount of individuals, um, then there's so many others out there that can provide the same service you know mm -hmm. the same um type of uh, i guess promotion or viewership or 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 work just straight up work they can provide the same service they can provide the same work they can provide they can showcase their art in the same way and um a lot more um companies brands organizations um just have to be shown that Mm -hmm. but it's hard for them to see it because the the marketing aspect of breaking is really tough because we're all doing it ourselves mm -hmm. like you know there's no i can't just pay somebody you know we're all doing it ourselves. we don't know how to do this you know what i mean we just do you got, it you got fiverr now you could maybe hire someone oh yeah <laughs> well that's the that's the content stuff right but uh, the content <laughs> the contents eat like fine like we have so many people that are that are they're doing great content but it's like you can create something, but if nobody sees it, then like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, I think that's something that people don't realize sometimes, not just about like breaking, but any any of these things like that are super popular. A lot of times there's like teams of people helping this thing go along and it's like, especially like in breaking, I, I just see it with a lot of people. It's like, yeah, people have a team, but it's it's like people are they're not necessarily like trained professionals at all these things. Mm -hmm. And we're just kind of trying to figure this stuff out. And mm -hmm. that remind that makes me think of, uh, it's another theme that comes up a lot is like mentorship. And there's a lot of mentorship when it comes to just dancing. But this is like, again, like opportunities for growth within the community and stuff is like, if more people, learn these other skills that are outside of breaking and then bring them back in. I mean, it's, it's sometimes a bit of a hard sell of like, Hey, learn this thing that if you just did that job, you'd probably make more money, but come back into the breaking community and like make less money or whatever. Yeah. But it's uh, like, maybe you can talk a bit about this as like, like laying, being, being someone who's kind of, in some ways laying down the foundation for future potential things right that's that's your idea of like you want yeah. this this league or this promotion or whatever to 
be able to be a thing, but someone's got to lay down the groundwork. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times those people are, uh, they aren't the ones that necessarily see the, the fruits of their labors. So they're not yeah. always those people. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, maybe can you can you talk a bit about that of like just yeah yeah man I um we're talking about um laying the foundation on growth development mm -hmm. um on the path towards sustainability and building like a, a, a forming forming like a principles based um approach to organizations associations and and event event programming um and team building it says to me it's as simple as like understanding that um understanding that you are good at something okay and 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 fully understanding what you're actually really good at and if you love doing it, then that's what you can provide. And until that is understood by a team, then we won't necessarily have anyone um, come on board to just fill roles just because they have to. So like, as a lead, as a, I guess as a, as a leader, you have to kind of do kind of everything, but it's easiest if you find people that are within the community that are actually already good at it and and actually like doing it. Because mm. um, it's hard to like ask people to say, hey, can you start this like social media thing? It's like, yeah, but I don't like social media. Like, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? But I need help. I need help to do this social media, like yeah. you know. So, so the way the way that we approach it is like, okay, it's got to be from the inside out. Mm -hmm. So, and and um, the inside out process that we outline in our, um, which is cool because I outline this in my grant applications all the time. So, if anybody wants to, you know, throw a grant in like application, like you can take it. Like go ahead, you know what I mean. Like, but like it's the inside-out process of building hybrid hip-hop professionals. Hmm. So like, I'm a hybrid hip-hop professional. As a right now, I work. I, I'm an engineer. I work in land development as a project engineer, but I bring like that hip-hop individuality to my work. Hmm. And um, so, what do you bring to the table as a breaker, as a b-boy and a b-girl? Like bringing that as a, so I'm a B-boy engineer. Like others can be a B-boy, B-girl graphic artist. Like I'm a B-boy lawyer. Like, you know, so people go to school. Everyone's gone to school. Everyone knows what they're good at. People want to shut down school because it doesn't it didn't necessarily give them a path what they thought they, they um, would be, but it actually told them what they don't like. Yeah. you know yeah sometimes like, you know what i mean so it's like it just told it gave you more information on what you don't like so don't do that you know what i mean so like no one's forcing you to do anything so do what you like do what you love um understand that you have peers around you that support you that tell you that you're actually good at it 
and make sure you're doing it as a breaker, as a b-boy, as a b-girl, then people will see. And then you can either create something yourself and people want to support you or you join a team, you know? So um, do we have like, you know, that b-boy banker? No, <laughs> right now, Not but yet. we could. We could. Right? Why do you think? Why do you think Silverback supported for so many years? Mm-hmm. Because he's a b boy financial breaker. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's as simple as that. So just as long as you identify as a breaker, as a b boy and a b girl in the community, then you're already, you know, you already have yourself your um your foot in that community, and you already understand what it needs. Mm-hmm. You know, um. So that's the inside out process. But but on on the corporate side. The outside in is as simply as, like, okay, we have we have a viewership of this, you know, um, we have a fun show, we're we're putting together this event and it needs your support. Outside in is cash, you know, or service or service, you know. Inside out is where it's going to actually grow sustainably, where people actually like doing this because they want to see it grow, you know. So, that's. Trying to go from like from the in out and the outside in, I, I'm thinking that's like uh, that's our way to try to make that happen, and it's mm-hmm. it's um, well, we're trying, we're still trying, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think uh, you know that's all anyone can really do, and I think there's just more people that that need to to try more. I think within within mm. the community, not just. Well, yeah, we can say maybe like breaking and the street dance community because you can't necessarily say dance because like, you know, studio dancers. Yeah, they have a business model. Fine. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, like they they get things done and there's a viable career path for that and all these things and whatever. Um, but yeah, I just think there there needs to be more people willing to who are just passionate about this thing and, and don't want to give up on this, this thing that they love, which is like really important and not be afraid of like, you know, maybe this is not going to be like my career, but I love this thing and I, and I want to give back. And I think that's the big, that's a big part is that idea, that sense of like giving back. It takes, it takes risk, you know, like who are the risk takers and those risk takers, are the guys that fail guys and girls that fail the whole ton whole ton of times that you don't know about mm-hmm. but then what something hit and um you think that it's that's the only thing they did but no like yeah they took risks right and they, and they only put and they only put themselves out there because they took these risks mm-hmm. and and you only see that they that they're actually making these moves because they took a whole bunch of risk mm-hmm. they risk they, they risk their time they risk their they risk their, you know, um, finances, you know, everything, right? Yeah, um, a lot of things. It, 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 take, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of sacrifice, takes a lot of risk. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you start to weigh out the pros and cons and look at the big picture things, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, like you fail at one thing, it's just that means that you, you learned for free or you learned, you learned something, it costs you a little bit of money, whatever. To, mm-hmm it's uh you just learn you just keep learning you know as long as yeah i think that's the main thing as long as you're learning from that experience if you fail yeah. and then you do the same thing again and you fail and the same thing again and you fail that's that's not great but yeah yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, speaking again of like helping to lay down some foundation for the future, uh, I talked to to Vicious a little bit about this, but yeah, just and a little bit with like Nick Robinson, although he's he's personal trainer of it, but um, can you talk a little bit about yeah? What is it called? Breaking Canada, I think is the Breaking Canada. Title. Yeah, 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 yeah. Breaking Canada. Vicious is the godfather of Breaking Canada. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that the he's, official he's, role? <laughs> no, like um, <laughs> Vicious is Vicious is dope, man. Like um, mm -hmm. so I'll talk about I'll talk about like that whole dance sport avenue. Mm -hmm. Um, when I heard that breaking was going to the youth olympics i was like yo who the hell is doing this <laughs> like i need to do this for canada you know what i mean like what's happening right so i was doing all this research back in 2017 was it 2016 2017 Maybe, yeah, yeah 2017 rock harder three so rock harder three we had um uh yeah that is that yeah i think it was 2017 so like we knew that it was going into the youth Olympics for 2018. And we're like, okay, how do we get involved? Like what's happening? Like, how do you do this? So I was doing all the research and I did, I found it. I found the Canada dance board and I emailed them. I was like, yo, I got an event. <laughs> I have an event in April at the rock. At, 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 you need to come, just come please. Like, this is what breaking is like, mm -hmm. you know, please come. Right. So Sandy and Gord Britton showed up. It was really cool. They're, they're the president of uh, Canada dance board. Uh, and um, Gord is the husband. She's he's the um, uh, president of Ontario Dance Sport. Show them what's all about. You know, this is what breaking is. And then they're set. The best is Sandy's. Uh, Sandy's response is like, yeah, it was very dark, and it's not like weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my experience with breaking it was very dark, um, and it smelled like weed. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, that's it. So like, that's where I kind of, that's where I first met those, that, those people. Right. And then um, ever since I just continued to like, just show, throw them emails like, hey, look at this. Like, mm -hmm. um, this is an event happening, you know. Um, uh, these are the individuals that are going this, like, like JK's doing this and Emma's doing this and um, Phil's doing this and Ills and whoever, right? So just little emails like to saying like this is what's happening in breaking like um so as the youth olympics help uh was organized um silverback was involved because they had a north american qualifier um and then and then a couple years came when came a couple years after that that's when like the whole first level of applications went through we're breaking. Um, I kept in contact with the, with Canada Dance Board. But then I think early 20, 2020, yeah, early 2020, Vicious is like, yo, we're doing it. I'm doing it. Like, I need you involved. I was like, okay, good. Like, so that's why he's the godfather. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah I, heard, like, I heard the a little bit of the origin story. So he's like the guy that like, you know, talk to the guys at the WDSF and then they're like, Yo, vicious! We need all the people from Canada. You know, like let's um, can you can you can you do something? And then 
he brought on Phil, he brought on Fleo, and he's like, oh, we need Ontario. And I was like, okay. And then he goes, yeah, we're good. And so let's, uh, so I'm down. I'm, I'm fully down. I already know Sandy, you know what I mean? Sa- Sandy Britton, I already know Canada Dance Sport. They didn't, they didn't know who I am. Mm-hmm. So, like, and that's kind of how it started. Like, mm-hmm. and we worked behind the scenes for, for a year and a half, just working during COVID, not knowing what's happening, not getting information, just throwing ideas on how what this actually means you know yeah yeah um and it, it was a it was a year and a half i'd say it's a year of rapport building with another community with which is like the the dance sport community right just mm-hmm. like showing them what we're we're doing showing them the, the common practices um doing a lot of like presentations and um just a needs assessment like this is what breaking needs this is what um canada is good at this is what is currently happening in canada and this is how we can get to the next level so a lot of those kind of preparatory uh, meetings then we eventually just in- incorporated as a non-for-profit organization um breaking canada mm-hmm. um however we're not the official national sport organization for canada for breaking it is canada dance sport so we are in a memorandum of understanding with canada dance sport that breaking canada carry out everything um breaking for canada dance sport so i, I now have a title at cds canada dance sport as the sports as the breaking sport director hmm. so um yeah that's kind of what breaking canada is it's a non-for-profit membership body where um, we want to uh, present breaking in, and preserve breaking in its purest form in competition as an art and as a sport, because we can benefit from both sides. You know, I've mm-hmm. I've I've had re- successful grants with the Canada Arts Council, and we do have funding from Sport Canada. So it's like really, really good, really really fortunate to um, be in this position where. You know, um, an artistic dance, a dance, performance-based dance, um, in competitive format. So, just so happens to turn into a sport um, that can now be supported by, um, you know, government uh, government levels, which is which is cool, really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really exciting to. To just see what's happening and how it's developing and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Zig's the best. Zig, Zig's on the team. Mary, Mary Fogarty, she's on the team. So so Zig's the national director. He's like uh he's the guy that kind of corrals every region, right? Right. Okay. Okay. So he's the okay, I'm gonna he everybody will report all region every region will kind of report to him and um Vicious is uh Vicious is our international relations, you know? Right. Right. He's out in Finland. He's out in he's out in Europe. He's got the ear to the ground, you know. Oh, I get a bunch of messages, bro. Look what those guys are doing in Italy. It's a good impression. Look what they're doing in uh, you know, in here in this country, and they're doing all this stuff. How come we're not doing this? Oh, okay, okay. Like we'll try. Like you yeah. know. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the support's different in every different country, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, Mary's really cool. She's she's um, um, you know a professor of dance and at the York University. Plus, she's all she's um, very heavily invested in this whole judging 
system and how it can actually like be intrinsically examined hmm. and to benefit athletes you know so she's uh so uh, and and she's also our, our equity director so she she works on you know b-girl programming and, and the growth of that too so and i'm the janitor you know what i mean like that's <laughs> i just clean stuff up so like it's all good it's it's good it's it's um it's exciting i'm in a lot of meetings man like i meet with the canadian olympic committee own the podium you know um we're starting to dabble into like you know um brand partnerships and stuff like that we don't we don't want to necessarily jump it to the first one you know what i mean like you have to make sure that you know it can't be like you can't be like so surprised like and just like accept anything you know just um try to try to be very um very grounded on that to make sure that it's uh we're treated properly and all that stuff but it's still a struggle or something yeah yeah exactly exactly that's good yeah breaking canada is happening man like um you know we're looking to grow we're always looking to grow right like um just again to find the right people involved uh to find the right people that know what they're good at present what they're good at um and love to love to love to do it and also can can also take the risk and the and the sacrifice as well so like it's um so it's ongoing you know we're we've got a good team we've got a good team and we're look yeah again we are looking to grow of course you know because mm-hmm. it's needed the team's needed like we were talking about before you know yeah yeah you don't you don't build anything on your own and it's mm-hmm. it's a good thing that uh that you brought up <clears throat> of uh just kind of like Brid- creating these bridges and building relations with not even just within the community but with other communities and with other with other people so you like reaching out to the the canadian dance sport people and like inviting them to come to a breaking event and like hey come and see this world that you're maybe potentially about to step into or, or you yeah will be stepping into yeah yeah see we didn't know really right? like. yeah 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 i mean but, like, it's yeah, always about taking that taking that first step and not being like there can sometimes be a mentality not just like people in general of like well i i shouldn't have to do this like someone else should do it to me or whatever like i don't want to be the one that to to take that first step but a lot of time more often than not i think you have to be that person yeah like no one's gonna give you anything right no like the, the the way that it is it's like how how much do you personally think about others just to give them something mm. you know and and it, and it's like i don't necessarily do that so if you don't necessarily do that then nobody's going to necessarily give you anything <laughs> mm. you know what i mean like if you're waiting for people to give you something if you personally don't go out of your way to give someone something how can you expect to be provided something you know so like it's really hard and and like nobody's a not everybody's thinking about you you know what i mean like, yeah. you know that's why so like it's um it's a hard uh it's a hard it's hard to um kind of teach that to a lot of people but at the same time it's like that whole risk factor it's like you just have to go out and do it. Mm-hmm. 
do something. doesn't Get matter. Dirty. Get your hands dirty. You know, try it. Throw a dart at the board, whatever. Yeah. doesn't matter. And I do think... I think that if people do something, if 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 there's more doers than wait than like acceptors, then, um, then I think uh, I think we can weed through that or kind of sieve through all the all the all the talent there and then build something great. If there's more doers than than takers, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. Totally agree. Um, yeah. Well, we just gotta hope. We gotta be keep people gotta keep leading by example, right? Yeah, it's like be, um, be the community that you want that you want to see. Right? Yeah, yeah, man. Be I think it it, it might it might even be like an intimidation factor. It's like it's okay, man. It's okay to fail. It's okay to like. Yeah. It's okay to like try something. Like mm-hmm. someone makes fun of you. Who cares? Like you're a dancer. You know, you're supposed to dance like nobody's watching anyway. So if you're like dance like nobody's watching. But also act like nobody's watching too. Run your business like nobody's watching. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like do what you have to do because you like to do it, and then and then eventually they'll see it. So if you apply dance to everything that you do, then maybe like maybe something will happen, right? So like it it just there's so much potential in breaking because it's like I know breaking kind of transforms dancers in the cipher in the battle. Like you transform into somebody different, but you don't necessarily transform. That's just you. Like, you know, like how can you be so confident in a circle, but not confident in a boardroom, you know, (laughs) you know, I think a lot of times too, it's like people got to learn, people got to not learn, like recognize that there's a lot of parallels between all these different things that they do. This situation, like say a cipher, is not in a lot of ways is not so different from like a big meeting or a big boardroom or, or a presentation or something like presentation. that. Presentation. Yep. You know, like doing doing breaking and doing performances and things like that helped me learn to teach in front of a class of like forty little Japanese kids who are mm-hmm. or even some of these junior high school kids. They're not very respectful. <laughs> no. But no. either way, it's like, you know, I had never I had no experience with that, but I actually did in a lot of ways. You did. Yeah. And with other yeah. things too, you know, doing these interviews and things like that. Doing this helped me with other things and other things helping with this. And, you know, this, it's good this, to reach. It's okay to reach. It's o- it's okay to keep reaching beyond what you think that you're capable of. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just keep reaching. You yeah. Know, it's okay. It's a good message for the for the for the people out there. Um I think the last thing, at least for this session, the last thing I, I want to get into is uh, it's probably the most important thing, and it's uh, who are your top five wrestlers of all time? <laughs> uh, the Rock is there for sure. Yeah. Um, Rick Ravishing Rick Rude for sure. <laughs> nice. Rick Rick Flair for sure. Nice. Um, and then the two, and then the next two are like um, hard to say, um, but those three are easy are my easy kind of like right. Flair, Rick Rude, um, uh, The Rock, maybe John Cena, um, and um, and uh, I don't know. Um, 
it, yeah, that fifth one is hard because it's the fifth one is probably a, like a technical guy. It's like probably like uh, one of those like undeniable kind of guys. Like, um, um, oh, I don't know. It's hard for that fifth one. Yeah, is actually, yeah. The fifth one is like a is like a wrestler wrestler. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like a Bret Hart or something like that. Yeah, not even Bret. I wasn't. I got more Owen than Bret. Like, ah. Yeah, because Owen's hilarious, you know what I mean? Like, Brett's right, like, right, right. you know, but Owen's like so it's funny. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's hard to say. There, like I know Brian it'll come Danielson to me. Kind of, kind of guy. Yeah, that that kind of guy, but like not him, because the, the whole <laughs> uh, the whole like 2010s, like I'd say I'd say maybe like, um, what do they call it? The PG era. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, like the Cena era, whatever. Like I, I wasn't really f- watching Mondays, and I still don't really watch Mondays. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, that yeah, The Rock, Blair, Rude. What what was it about those three that makes them like uh, easy, easy top three? Okay, because the, the Rock, because like, because he's undeniable to me. He's like, um. I emulated him in high school, like <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, plus he's I got the most, oh. he's the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. Yes, right? yes, yeah. yes, and um, just the uh, the simplicity of him is so um, so funny. It's like he's not even yeah. funny. He's not even funny. Like he's entertaining. He's so entertaining. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, and then like for him to transition into like the super A lister that he is right now. Yeah, it's like ridiculous, right? So you can't deny that. And then Rick Rude, because he's the best. Like, <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? Like, look at it, he's a porn star that like <laughs> you know, and 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 like, you know, he kisses girls and he's like, you know what I mean? Like he's like and he's ripped, right? So like I always I always loved that he had those like the long tights, but he, yeah. he always had like these weird designs. It was like bro, he had his face on his crotch, bro. He had his face on his crotch. Really, it's the best. Like you know what I mean? Like long tights and like the way that he like yeah. For me, it's him, and then Flair because Flair's like I I could watch him all day. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, he's so yeah. funny. Like he's just so so good. You know, his then, his promos are are the stuff of legends. Yeah, Flair's hilarious. I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. I I man, I I love. I love watching it. I, I love it. It just makes me laugh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it makes me, it just makes me, it makes me laugh to watch wrestling because yeah. it's, it's so stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think like that's, that's something that in some ways it, it makes it hard for me to get into. I know a lot of people, they, they really like like new Japan pro wrestling and, uh, yeah, some of them are are good matches, but like maybe part of it is a language barrier. But there's just something about the style; it's like too serious. Mm. A lot of times, it's like, okay, well, this is pro wrestling, and it's like a sport, and we're gonna treat it like a sport. And that's like a cool mm-hmm. alternative way of looking at it. But I always really like the the entertainment kind of value of. Mm-hmm. pro wrestling or like american north american style pro wrestling yeah and like yeah you can do it too much where it's like wait where is the wrestling there's no wrestling anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh yeah i like that balance that uh that a lot of north american wrestlers had yeah 
I'm not I'm not really too um like I like action and I, I like fast paced I like cool moves and stuff like that but like if the move isn't um if the move is too unrealistic it's like that's just like you can't do that like you know for me it's like I can give someone a gut buster like you know what I mean like I <laughs> I can I can I can give someone like a Boston crap like you know what I mean like yeah, yeah. but I can't give someone like a destroyer yeah. like that doesn't work <laughs> yeah 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 that that move Stuff like that that move is the it was the coolest move the first time I saw it and yeah. now it's the worst move I've ever seen because it's yeah. it's so overused what? Why would someone backflip? Like, why, how do you do that? How are you that strong? Like, you're yeah. not that strong, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, those kinds of things, they work in heavy moderation. Like, I remember the first time I saw Rey Mysterio, it was him against Ultimo Dragon. Mm -hmm. And they, it was a crazy match. It was like, Luchador stuff was so cool to see back then. And, like, the finish, was, I think back then, Rey Mysterio used to do... Uh, Frankensteiner but he did it in this way it only worked against like other luchadors where they'd basically do a front flip mm -hmm. so it was like he'd jump up and then they'd do this like crazy flip and he'd land yeah. in the pin yeah yeah and I was yeah like, that looks amazing but then you yeah. know you get older and you see kind of like oh he's helping him yeah and so like the more you see it it would it starts to look kind of like silly and that yeah. Canadian destroyer is like a perfect example of that yeah 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 that that um hurricane that um um Hurricane Rana's pin is is really compact the uh, very mysterious one it's really cool yeah. but then again he's like 5'3 bro like yeah. like you know what I mean like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're like you're actually not 5'3 he's probably my height so he's like 5'6 you know what I mean but like yeah 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 well yeah uh I think we'll cut it there but it was really good to hear your your just background and history and how you got into things and, and just your perspectives on on dance and events and all that stuff it was really cool thanks man yeah. thanks i i really i really enjoyed it i mean um yeah i mean uh it's ton, tons of fun mm -hmm. uh, i like these things you know yeah. um uh you guys are you're doing a good job too man thanks man i appreciate it yeah. and uh yeah i really hope that everyone who's who's watching and listening you enjoyed the talk and and uh yeah all that stuff if there's any ways that like if people are interested in either following following you or following breaking canada and what's going on with that or or anything like other yeah just instagram go to yeah it's a simple I mean, everything is accessible uh, at breaking canada you hit me up at sir blur on on ig you know or just uh, check the website breakingcanada.ca or ebl.com ubl.com and you can email me um i'm always available um to accept emails <laughs> and <laughs> and messages you know what i mean like just hit me up if you have any questions if you want to chat there's a lot of information there's going to be a ton of information and i've got all this damn information in my head and it's like yeah. sometimes i feel like it's so unfair that nobody knows as much as i see mm -hmm. around in the whole sport world um, and I'd love to sh share that a lot, a lot easier. Um, but it's it's definitely easier on like conversation, you know. Like, yeah. well, maybe that's something that we can get into next time. Yeah, for sure. I'm down. But I'm down. Everybody out there, you know, like we were talking about today, make those, build those connections, take the first step. 
and uh, and just try. So yeah, reach, reach out it. to Jeff. He's a cool guy. He's got a lot do of it. information. I will I will I will support anything. You know what I mean? Like I will share whatever. I will. Doesn't take doesn't take doesn't take much to click share, bro. Like true, it's really true. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like literally doesn't yeah. take much. Yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah. So, I'm I'm down. Yeah. Cool. Well, again, thank you, and uh, yeah, we'll, we got to do this again sometime. Of course, I'm down. Thank you, everybody, you. for listening and watching, and uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Peace. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and I really hope you enjoyed the talk. If you like what you heard, please feel free to check out some of the older episodes and help spread the word about the podcast. If you really want to go that extra mile, please consider supporting on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash RazzyF2, R-A-Z-Z-Y-F-2. Even as little as a dollar goes a long way, and it means a lot to have your support. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.